I'd like to begin today by acknowledging the traditional owners of this land on which this podcast is being recorded today, the Dark and Young people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome to Abracadabra, a spiritual business podcast designed to inspire, expand, and guide aspiring multi-six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs to successfully building, growing, and scaling their sole purpose work. I'm your host, Jazz Bori, career astrologer and spiritual business coach with 15 years of both traditional and digital entrepreneurship under my belt. I am so excited to share the good, the bad, and the ugly with you here so that you can cut your learning curve and achieve the greater impact, freedom, and wealth that you desire. Listen in as I share it all, from practical business strategies to esoteric knowledge and the behind the scenes of my business, as well as powerful conversations with industry experts and so much more. May this episode be an invitation for a deeper conversation with yourself that ignites your brilliance and activates your genius. All right, let's begin. Hello, gorgeous angels. Welcome back to the podcast. This is our first official episode of 2023. And if you're new here, you might not know this, but we are doing our annual astrology vibe check as we always do. This is something that I have done, I think for the past two years. So basically since the podcast started and it's always an episode that rates really highly. The listens on this episode tend to be the highest. Actually last year, the last year's 2022 astrology vibe check was the most listened to episode of the entire year. So I know you guys love this year. Okay. I know that you want to know what the hell is going down with the astrology and I'm here to give it to you. And again, if you're new here, you might not know this, but I always do it with another astrologer. The reason I do that is because I have my own lens that I see astrology through but that might not be your lens. You know, I know that obviously you're a listener of this podcast. And if you're here with me, you obviously vibe how I look at things. But when it comes to astrology, we really need to make sure that we're looking at things from all angles. You know what I mean? So I have brought on this year, my incredible friend, colleague, she's actually an ex-coaching client. She's also um, an ex podcast guest. She was on the podcast way back when, right at the beginning of the podcast. Um, We actually worked together while she was creating her brand, Moon Muse. If you don't know who she is already, Catherine Gillies is going to be joining me today on the episode to give you the 411 on everything that's happening in 2023 as astrology is showing us and telling us. Now, because you guys like this episode so much, I was like, okay, how can we like up the ante this year? We are going to do a Q1 and Q2 astrology vibe check. This way I figured we could actually go into the depths of what's going on a little bit more deeply, obviously. And also I find that these episodes last, like in the last couple of years, I had to sort of like smash through them all and it felt kind of rushed. So I decided to just do the first half of the year. That way you can just concentrate on what's coming up and just know that I'll be back middle of the year 
to give you the rest of 2023's vibe check. Just concentrate on what's going on right now. The other reason as well I wanted to do that was because we have some pretty major stuff coming up in the beginning of 2023. We have Saturn moving into Pisces. So that means a whole new generation of people are going through their Saturn return. I am one of them. We've also got some eclipses. We've got Jupiter moving into Taurus. We've got Pluto moving into a new sign and then back. There's a lot of stuff going on at the beginning of 2023. And, you know, astrology is such a powerful modality to really help us stay in the frequency of success. You know, I talk about the vortex vortex of success all the time. I talk about sustainable success. I talk about this idea of being magnetic and really the only way we can do that is by honoring our own energy. So we're not only going to be giving you a breakdown of what's happening, but we're also going to invite you to have a look at your chart. So I would carve out some time to listen to this episode. Um, maybe take some notes. Like it's definitely a note taker, have your chart nice and close. Even if you are listening to this whilst you're driving, just take a couple of notes, you know, mental notes of things that maybe you really want to look into and definitely go and grab your chart and do some, some comparing. Cause this is going to be a really powerful episode to actually help you amplify who you already are so that you can be as successful as you possibly can, that you're destined for, your success is inevitable. And astrology is just a really powerful way to create speed and pace when we are creating success for ourselves and chasing the dreams and doing the damn thing. So with that said, I'm going to leave it at that. Enjoy this astrology vibe check for Q1 and Q2 with me and Catherine Gillies. Enjoy and make sure you let us know how this episode lands with you especially this one. I mean, I always like to hear from you guys, but especially this one. Let me know what lands. Let me know if you have any questions. We're actually going to be doing, that reminds me, we're going to be doing a Q&A on Instagram Live on Wednesday. Um, this is coming out on the Monday. So on Wednesday, the 18th, come join uh, Catherine and I on Instagram Live. We're going to go live at 6 p.m. And we're going to answer any questions that you have. If they're personal to your chart, if there's another transit maybe we didn't cover that you're excited about or you've heard about, you can bring it there and we can give you the 411 on it, all right? See you there. Put it in your calendar. Love you. Enjoy. This is a great episode. So pumped for you to hear it. Welcome, Catherine, Moon Muse. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for being here with me, doing this little astro breakdown for Q1 and Q2. Just firstly, how are you feeling? How's everything going? Tell us a little bit about you, I think will be really nice as well for, for the babes who are listening. Well, hi. Um, this is, I feel like, the first official, uh, like, back into work, back into 2023 interview or anything I've done so far so this is exciting plus we had Mars just went direct today so I actually feel a little bit more energetic but I was definitely I was just saying to you before that I feel like it's been a very slow start of the year and that will continue for the first couple of months of 2023 so yeah just really easing in slowly to the new year um but yeah my name is Catherine Gillies and my business is called Moon Muse and I'm an astrologer and a life coach and a podcaster and yeah, that's me. I love it. Yeah. Catherine and I connected 
my God, years ago now. Um, we met through doing a course together, but we've stayed connected and I've worked with Catherine. She's worked with me. And so when I thought about doing my like annual astro transit vibe check for the year, I was like, who do I want to bring on this year? And I was like, Catherine, that's who I want to bring on. So I'm really excited to obviously get into all the transits, but I'm really excited specifically for your your lens. I love your lens on astrology. You're like the only person I let like read my chart because <laughs> I just love how you look at astrology and the lens, like I said, that you view it through. But also I think, you know, the power of an astrologer is always the way in which they disseminate that information. And I'm just excited for people to hear your energy. I mean, I'm a Gemini you're a cancer. I feel like you have a much more sort of like, I'm very like direct with the way that I look at astrology. I'm very realistic in that sort of sense, or I feel like you really feel into the energy. And I know that you use your intuition a lot when you read. So yeah, I'm really excited to kind of hear your takes on everything that's coming up for us in Q1 and Q2. Um, But before we do jump in, I guess that is one little like question I wanted to kind of have you speak to at least is just the way that you, like I said, disseminate this information. If you could just speak a little bit more into that intuitive part of the way that you read astrology. Yeah, sure. So I guess that really comes down to who I am and that I am pretty intuitive and psychic just generally. I know we all are, but it's maybe a bit more open for me or easier for me to read or see or feel beyond the lines or behind the words of what someone's saying to me. So when I read when I read charts, it's kind of like an energy flow. I say it's like a soul's song. Um and I don't really say to someone, oh, you've got a sun in Gemini and a Scorpio rising like you. I would, you know, it's it it all blends together and it's like the chart speaks to me. So I'm drawn to certain areas and we'll start talking about that and it, it, it unfolds. And with astrology, it's not really me saying X, Y, and Z about somebody. It's about the interplay between who someone is, their potential, and how they're playing out the energies that are transiting in the sky at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And do you find with like with transits that you get those same intuitive feelings for a collective? Like do you, because like what I'm hearing is like when you're reading for someone, you're looking at like the energetics as well as like what they're telling you. But when it comes to transits, do you kind of tap into that I got a collective consciousness, if you will. Um, honestly, to be fair, I think my mine's more of a one-on-one thing. I don't, I'm not so much collect like tapping into the collective consciousness. I actually really enjoy and prefer looking at how certain things are interplaying with that individual's chart. So I would say I'm more about I love looking to see what's coming for people individually um, and kind of giving them energetic, you know, without using like calendar months, it's more about like, okay, cool, this time of the year is going to be really amazing for you if you step into that or like look more into whatever it is, you know. So it I I'm just more interested in like people's day-to-day experience um, rather than 
the collective, like huge, like obviously we all go through similar collective transits, which we are going to talk about today. But yeah, for me, it's more fun getting down into the nitty gritty because I am really detail oriented as well. Yeah, totally. I'm the same. I always say whenever I talk to like my membership babes who I have like an astrology membership or, you know, even if I'm just reading for someone and they're like, is this the right time to be doing this? I'm like, look, well, I feel like whenever it comes to transits, like whether it's a retrograde or, you know, something hopping into a different sign or whatnot, I think it is when you're when you're ingesting anything about transits to actually have a look at how that's impacting your chart. Cause I think it's all well and good for us to sit here and be like, Oh, you know, the month of March is going to feel like this. You know, I think I just want to let everybody know that we're going to look at this from like an overarching perspective. And I want to invite everybody to kind of take this information, pull your chart out and see how it impacts your actual chart, like see what houses it's impacting. I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are not beginners with astrology. Like you guys know what houses are, you know what's up. And if you don't, book a reading with me, book a reading with Catherine and we'll sort you out. But I want to invite you to do your own research and really get into relationship with your chart because that's when these transits get to feel really exciting and you can start to vision and maybe even plan to really like go all in or even like step back. Like one thing I've been, I was actually mentioned this, I think on the podcast last week is like, I know Pisces season, I'm going to be going into my Saturn return. Cancer season is always um, ruling my eighth house. I've decided that this year I'm going to take like a good chunk of time during those periods off. And I wouldn't, know that unless I knew my chart and I understood what the transits were doing. So just think it's a prime example um, of how you can really utilize this information today that we kind of move through. So yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's what I did with clients is really like looking ahead and going, okay, the sun's going to be moving through your 12th house at this point. Like you'll probably feel like pulling back, not being social, just being with yourself and allow that for yourself, you know, give yourself permission to be more introverted in that month um and part of also this transit work and stuff and you know predictive astrology and things that I'm personally really interested in I find it um fascinating you know you can look ahead month by month like you can look at your annual perfections as well I'm not sure if you get too much into that but that's just you know what age you are and then you can look and see um, what energy will be playing out for you but also you can do that on like more of a monthly basis as well so it's it is it, you can go really granular and it is yeah. fun it's really fun yeah yeah see I love stuff like that like this is why I love coming to see you because <laughs> I'm like because for me I'm like I keep it so not light but I like to re- like you said really go in with people and like obviously everything I do is really centered around career and I just love how you like I loved our like readings that we've had where you really kind of look at stuff that I'm like, even me as the astrologer is like, it's super interesting. So um, yeah, I think this is going to be an incredible conversation. I'm super pumped. And with that said, let's start off with Q1. I know that we were both talking before this and we said like, there's not really too much that is interesting to either of us about like January and Feb as you said, we just had um, Mars go direct in Gemini. That's probably the most exciting thing. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, 
it's literally just happened. Um, so I'd love to just touch a little bit on that because we're right in this moment right now. Um, and then I want to talk about some stuff that's really happening in March. I feel like in March, it's really starting to kick off. Um, so tell us like a little bit about how you feel this Mars going direct stuff can kind of affect the way we work, the way that we show up in our lives. I feel like it's a really big motivational kick, if you will. Um, But I'd love to hear your thoughts first. Okay, cool. So um, the way I see it, just as the beginning of the year starts, you know, what are we, that we're recording this and it's like mid mid January. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, January and February really kind of represent this um, cleanup or completion energy from last year. So I've been saying to clients and on my Instagram story and everything, I'm like, to me, 2023 is not really beginning until March because that's when a lot of planets ingressing into the next um, signs, which we'll get to. So that's something that we can deal with in March. But right now is very much about tying up the loose ends from last year and previous years. You know, Mars going direct today. I've had a few people message me already, send me a DM saying like, oh my God, I feel activated today. Like I feel like ready to go. Someone's partner just had, because I, I said, you know, Mars has been retrograde since the end of October and Mars is our willpower and our motivation and our energy. So that's really been pulled back. And a lot of us have felt like we've tried to get stuff off the ground. We've tried to do a lot of, um, you know, project planning or action taking and may have, you know, come across some obstacles. Now, Mars has been going between, I think it's, do you know, I think it's 24 Gemini to 8 Gemini, I think in maybe don't quote me I don't have the number right in front of me but I think it's that and so you want to be looking obviously at that area in your chart so that's the part of like me going granular and detail and making sure people are looking at their own chart to see where it's affecting you but generally people are going to be feeling as a whole more active and powerful within themselves like and kind of have the ability to back themselves to complete projects Maybe when Mars is retrograde, it can feel a little bit like an uphill battle. But now that Mars is going direct, um, that's going to feel like a bit of a breathing out, release, relief, and like we can actually get going. Yeah. Um, And then it's not really until kind of early February when like Mars really gets on the move, you know, because it's retrograded. So, yeah, it's stationed direct today, but it's still going to come back across through where it's been like on a shadow for a few months. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, I really resonate with this and I think if you are resonating with it as well, with that timeline of like late October up until now, um, it wouldn't surprise me if you're an air sign as well, or if you're a fire sign too, I think with that Mars energy, but even Scorpios may have felt it too. So, but I think I know like for me, right that Mars retrograde was all over my Gemini stellium, which has my sun, my moon, my Mercury, um, my South node. Like I have been definitely feeling like I'm pushing shit uphill for sure. And I was even saying to my therapist this morning, I was like, 
I've been thinking about what I wanted to do in 2023, probably since about November, you know, like I've been thinking, I've been going introspective. I've been looking at some last little bits and pieces that I need to heal. And one thing that I've really prioritized knowing my astrology, knowing all of this for the first quarter of 2023 is standardizing. So really looking at like everything that I've learned, everything that I love, everything that I'm passionate about, everything that I am, um, you know, that motivates me and drives me. I literally like redid my mission and things like that. That's all things that I'm during this time as Mars continues to go direct and it's hitting such major placements in my chart. I'm starting to look at, okay, how can I actually like put these building blocks down so that I can really like, you know, shoot off the top of them. And I think, you know, as I said, if you're, if you're an air sign, cause it was all happening in Gemini, you would have definitely, definitely felt it. If you have like, even if you're like a Gemini rising and Mercury rules your chart, I feel like you would have definitely felt it too. But it was like a double whammy for me because I'm a Scorpio rising and then Mars is obviously the traditional ruler of Scorpio. So I've definitely, like everything that you just said, I've definitely felt. And I just, the only thing I would really want to add to any of that is just, I definitely feel like since November, we've been feeling like, I think of it like a roller coaster. Like, you know, when you're going up like that first hill and it's just like chug, chug, chug. And it's kind of like this anticipation and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, just get it over and done with. Like, just, you know, let's just do this already. We're coming down the other side now. And I think for some people, it'll feel like a massive rush and that rush will feel really good. But I think for also other people, you know, don't worry if it scares you a little. Don't worry if it kind of takes you off guard a little bit. That's fine. That's normal. Just give yourself that time to like alchemize and find your footing again if it does send you a little bit off kilter. Cause yeah, if you've been really introspective like me, um, I'm like not, I don't really want to go down the roller coaster yet. I'm like ready to just still chill for a bit. So if it does knock you off, don't worry. Just chill. Give yourself the space to kind of find your balance again. And, um, yeah, that's all I would really say on that one. I think Mars is such a powerful energy. So I would be surprised if no one resonates because it's just such an intense energy. But with that said, obviously February, I totally agree. It's really not kicking off until March. So let's talk about, well, the one thing I really want to talk about is um, Pluto entering Aquarius. I feel like this is a massive theme for this year because Pluto is going to be coming in and out of Aquarius. So from going from Aquarius back into Capricorn um, from March 23rd all the way through to November is when it will finally stay in Aquarius and be there for a long ass fucking time. Um, You know, Pluto transits are really, really big, exciting, um, very big shifting energy. It's the planet of transformation. So we are definitely going to feel this and it's a very like, it definitely welcomes in like a new age, you know, a new era, if you will. And this year with it dipping in and out, I really feel that as like a, we're going to get a little bit of a peak of what the future is going to look like, but we're also going to be coming back into maybe some growing pains of 
of change um because it's a really really big shift in energy pluto's been in capricorn for you probably know how many years but a long ass fucking time so um yeah i think that we have to give ourselves some grace with really this i just feel like there's going to be a lot of like societal shifts a lot of really big societal shifts and i think presence and compassion and um but also like we all have a responsibility to really let go of like old paradigms and like not be a stick in the mud because you'll be left behind if you kind of hold on to the old ways of doing things um because Aquarius itself is incredibly incredibly um futuristic and progressive just by nature so what do you think what are your feelings around this transit? Okay, so I have a few. It's really interesting. Like the start of this year is fascinating because, and I'm sure we'll get to it, you know, Saturn moving into Pisces, which we'll speak about soon. But we have kind of like in March, we've got Mars leaving Gemini where it's been for eight months, mm. you know, finally moving on to Cancer. So that's one thing. Well, we have Saturn moving into Pisces in March as well, which we'll talk about soon. And then, yeah, we've got Pluto finally kind of moving on into Aquarius, but it's only going into zero degrees Aquarius. So it's it's been in Capricorn since 2008. So it's a really long time. And as it moves, we only get, you know, three months, like a three-month preview before it then actually retrogrades back into Capricorn so like I said about the beginning of this year with kind of like tying up loose ends from last year we get this sneak peek of Pluto and Aquarius but it's not actually until 2025 where Pluto's in Aquarius for a whole year we've got three months this year and then I think next year is about eight months so it's still it's progression so slowly that it's like dipping our toes into this Pluto in Aquarius era. So for all the Capricorns and Capricorn placements, I have been like literally going through it for the last five years. So, so intense. But, you know, Pluto's been moving through Capricorn since 2008. So you want, um, it's, I think on a world stage, definitely tying up those loose ends about, you know, patriarchal structures and financial structures and banking structures and like world you know Epstein coming down and like you know all that like Mm -hmm. you know all of that wild wild what the wild wild west of like like I was watching on Netflix made off have you seen that not Um, yet I've got it yeah I just started watching it and I was like this is so interesting just I mean it's decades and decades of like information but just the 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 power and the money in like the New York Stock Exchange and like the facades and everything that goes into the smoke and mirrors of Wall Street essentially is just like so fascinating so I kind of feel like for us this Pluto and Aquarius which we'll get a sneak preview of, will be really about kind of like um, more like technological AI, virtual reality, um, and because Pluto transforms anything it comes near, 
It's going to be about the transformation, I believe, with our relationship to technology and our own actual like integration with technology. I agree. I also feel like there's a Aquarius is an air sign, right? So it is mental. So when I think about, uh, I know a big word that's coming online for me is like leadership, right? How we lead ourselves, how even just like the standards of our leadership, you know, Capricorn is still very much connected to, you know, like big company, big pharma, big money, big bank, um, but Aquarius is just as connected, but in a much more progressive way. It's still connected to, you know, tribe and societal constructs and all of those sorts of things. So I think to me, the middle ground is like, yeah, this sense of leadership. So whether that is, and also like, I don't know, I just don't feel like anything moves into Aquarius without a fucking bang especially Mm -hmm. something like Pluto. And I'm not here to say like, oh my God, the world's going to fall apart. But I do think that we will see some really clear and concise shifts. Aquarius does not, I mean, I know it can be quite aloof at times, but you're aware that it's there, even if it's not fully talking to you. Like, I definitely feel like we will see some sort of transformation. I, I feel like there will be a shift and it will be very clear I don't think it will be, um, yeah, like insidious in any way or like, you know, just it, it's direct energy to me, you know. It, it's very much going to let us know that it's there and at least what needs to be done. I don't know if there will be like an exact shift or anything, but I feel like clarity on what needs to change will definitely pop through and whether some people, you know, acknowledge it, admit it, do anything about it. We'll have to see, but um, I definitely feel like there's going to be some, some opportunities to really change. Cause that's also what Aquarius is about is change, you know? Yeah. And I think like, you know, with this whole Pluto and Capricorn era, which is more about, um, you know, corporate energy and like making money and um, kind of, I'm seeing it more as like a corporate as a whole. This Pluto and in Aquarius energy is more about the individual and therefore our connection, like each individual's connection to each other. So, you know, obviously the emphasis is going to be on connection and humanity rather than just the elite people making a shit ton of money. It's going to be about how do we distribute the money a little more equally and like, what's preventing that from happening now so technology is like a huge part of that it's a huge part of like getting the word out or you know the internet I mean the internet's gone through its satin return so I think a lot with this Pluto in Aquarius is going to be um you know <laughs> surveillance um and also our our reliance on technology And whether like technology and our phones and everything in our home, um, which part of all of this is helpful to our evolution and which is harmful. So I think there's going to be a lot of that coming through over the next, you know. Yeah. Okay. No, I I, I totally agree. And 
the last little thing that just sort of popped through my mind and I feel like this is maybe for somebody, but it's like instead of thinking about your job or your career or your business, it's going to be more about your dharma, your vocation, like your role in society, like your vocation, right? Like I think it doesn't mean that you can't care and like your mission, right? It's like we're even seeing it. Like we all want to make sure that, you know, we're investing in companies that are, you know, sustainable and, you know, maybe give back or whatever it is. I feel like that is going to be heightened and it's not that it's not going to be about money. It's just like the way in which we make our money, the way in which we circulate wealth. That's what it's going to be about. Not just making money, spending money. It's like circulating wealth. I think we're starting to think on a much more quantum level and it really is asking us to transform our consciousness and therefore like our connection to the collective yeah and I think with that if we go a little more esoteric and the whole fact about Aquarius being very much about the alien and the other you know I think we will move into a lot more as our consciousness expands a lot more like telepathy Mm -hmm. and extra sensory abilities yeah I mean fuck yeah I'm so down for it right because I think as well and I think at the very least people won't think that that's weird anymore right people will just be like oh yeah you're feeling that like what like cool you know and I can already see it I think with Gen Z too like they're just a much more open-minded generation um, and I just love that. I think it's so exciting, especially for someone like me and, and you, I'm sure it's like to be able to just like say that shit and not have to caviar and make sure you're understood. It's going to be an exciting time. I think. I mean, I feel like I haven't been caveating myself <laughs> out a decade now, but yeah, I know what you mean. And I was like on TikTok seeing CIA declassifying, you know, I'm getting fed all this stuff about them declassifying things about, you know, just how powerful your mind is essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Aquarian energy. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about, you know what, let's talk about Saturn moving into Pisces because you mentioned that before and I'm sure people are like Saturn return energy, like, you know, the next batch of people are going to be going through their Saturn returns. I am one of them. My Saturn's at zero degrees Pisces. So I'm going to let you speak on this first and then I'll I don't know. I feel like I have a bit of a bias around it because of all the research that I've done. And I'm thinking about my own life, knowing that my Saturn is zero degrees Pisces. So I know that Neptune's also going to be in the mix, which I feel like from a collective perspective, it really is making this extra spiritual um, for everybody. And, you know, I really see Saturn as like growth And when we think about the difference between growth and say like Jupiter and expansion, Jupiter is a very like exciting, joyful, let's vibe out. Let's like, you know, I feel like it's like casino, like ding, 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 ding energy. Whereas Saturn is like growing pains and like learning the lessons and going through the tough stuff and sort of that energy. So I think there's going to be some spiritual lessons that are going to be, might, might be difficult for people, but I'd love for you to speak on this. Okay. okay, cool. So overall and an overarching kind of concept, 
if we think about Pisces, it is so limitless, boundaryless. I say it's like the ocean. It's all and nothing at once. It's here, there and everywhere. And we know that Saturn is all about restriction and limitation and boundaries. So they couldn't be more opposite in that sense. So it's like how are these two opposing energies going to work in a beautiful way together? Um there's many ways this could happen. And, you know, if you are someone like Jazz who is about to, I mean, you'd be feeling it now, this Saturn return thing, it's not like one day and it's over, you know, Saturn's moving back and forward all the time. So people usually get a couple of hits of their Saturn return and it's, and it's more of a, a phase in your life. Um, so, you know, with Saturn leaving Aquarius um, and moving into Pisces, the Saturn return will end for all of you Saturn in Aquarius people. And, and I feel like I want to say that you're like sweet for a really long time, but then of course Pluto comes along, but even though you move a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Saturn in Pisces people are about to enter their own initiation. And Pisces, like I said, it's it's very much like the ethereal and the cosmos. And Saturn is so much, like Pisces is what's unseen and what we cannot see. It's beyond our reality in a way. And Saturn is very much our time-space reality. It is like the the what we see in front of us and how we can um, bring things into form and matter. So I think there's going to be like this explosion of beautiful um, understanding how we we form our visions and bring them into reality. So obviously manifestation isn't isn't a new thing, but I think it's going to become more commonplace around this dialogue with people, concrete like bringing those Piscean dreams down into this concrete reality of Saturn Saturnian life. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's going to be really hitting you this year coming if you're if you've got placements between zero and seven degrees of the mutable signs. Um, and Saturn by transit always affects us in the ways of showing us where we are not setting those boundaries. Um, and I see Saturn in Pisces really kind of creating this calm in the chaos energy. So it's, I feel like Saturn will actually be an anchor for that Pisces energy, which is going to be really cool. Um, Also, when when Saturn comes along and hits any of your personal planets, let alone whether you're having a Saturn return, Saturn coming back to the spot where it was when you were born, um, it really shows you where you don't have your boundaries Um, And what that actually costs you from not having them set up. So you're really faced, you you have to face your own truth and you have to be honest with yourself as Saturn moves into Pisces around where you're not honouring yourself and where you're not honouring your own boundaries. And like that lack of structure evokes feelings within you and like where are they activating you? Um, but I do see Saturn moving into Pisces, creating a lot more like uh, boundaries are unclear, um, structures become a little more flexible, 
And if you want like an image of this, I would say like Saturn's like the cliff face and Pisces is like pushing up against that rock, that cliff face. So it's carving out. They're working together, but it is like more of an unusual energy. Yeah, it's like two polarizing energies that are working together to create something incredibly beautiful. Um, I totally agree. I just like pulled up my chart as well because I just want to like, now that I've figured out that I'm a Scorpio rising, everything that was like set in stone in my brain, I always have to like double check. Um, but yeah, you know, like I guess the one thing that's been coming through from me and and maybe this is because it's in my fourth house, but Saturn's in my fourth house. So it, it's going to be transiting through my fourth during this two and a half years. I feel the one thing I've been feeling really called to because of the lessons that Saturn's already throwing right at me, um, a lot of stuff around communication, which makes a lot of sense because it's the third and fourth house that Pisces rules for me, Um, boundaries around how people speak to me, how I speak, Um, a lot of tests, a lot, a lot of tests coming through. paired with a lot of emotion, again, Pisces energy, again, it's just like, you can't make this shit up. So the one thing that's really coming through for me is like spiritual grounding. Like, I think that we think about spirituality, which is very much Pisces energy as this thing where we're kind of like, you know, getting enlightened and elevated and illuminated and we leave our body. And it's this thing that's like, you know, it's a crown chakra, it's above us. But how can we actually use that metaphysical relationship to spirit to actually ground ourselves in reality. And this is something that I've decided to create a practice around. You know, a part of me is like, just be chill. Like it's just a spiritual practice. Doesn't need to, you don't need to be consistent. You just need to do it, you know, just show up. But there has been this niggling sort of feeling of like, no bitch, sit down and visualize, sit down and meditate, sit down and pray, sit down and chant, like get your fucking mala beads. Like it feels a little bit more like, no, like pay attention, sit down. This is serious sort of energy. And I think that when you talk about, you know, manifestation kind of coming into commonplace, entering the mainstream, that's kind of how I see it of like, no, 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 like you need to sit down and meditate. Everyone needs to do their meditation in the morning so that they can like not be an asshole for the rest of the day. Like it's just, that's how it works, which is very much that satin energy. And so I've definitely been feeling that internally. If you have a satin in Pisces or, or anything going on in Pisces, I wonder if that lands with you as well. But that's how I'm sort of receiving it is like using spirituality to ground yourself in your own reality so that you can be guided. Um, And the other little piece too is something I've been doing for a really long time. But again, this importance has really come online is like delegating to the universe. So what I mean by that is what are you doing What's your team doing? What's your partner doing? What's your kid doing? What, Whatever. The other party in reality. And then what's the universe taking care of? Because I think it's very um, easy to forget that the universe life force 
is play is a part is an ingredient in our success in our soul journey right so even if you don't believe in god or the universe just think about like gravitational pull you know moving us forward you can't water the tree to grow like you just have to let life force do its thing right and so it's like inviting that into the conversation of how we actually set up and live our lives and make money and do business and and yeah like really live and I think yes I mean we talked about like the breakdown of that patriarchal structure with Pluto moving into Aquarius but I think that this spiritual element it's not even about being feminine or masculine but it is that trust and letting go and having that third part of us being not just mind and body but soul also entering the conversation and it's like if you're not down you're going to be learning some lessons around it um and being shown just how important it actually is it's always been important but yeah I think we're going to see a lot of people who are maybe a little bit more linear and a little bit more reality focused. I mean, I think about my partner, like he's a scientist, like I can't, like he's not manifesting anything in his life. Like he's just not that way inclined. But I think for people like him, they'll start, the horizons will start and to, will start to broaden. So I think it's actually good news for everyone who's really spiritually inclined that you might be able to get some people that you never, ever thought um, would be into this stuff, understanding you at the very least. Yeah, and I think there's two sides to the coin there. So on one side there is that, like an expansion, Pisces is going to expand and kind of permeate people that were previously had a wall up perhaps um, with that dissolving of boundaries. And then, and then also on the other flip side, I think people that have been extremely spiritual and then benefiting from other people will have those restrictions and boundaries put in place for them. Correct. Yes. So two sides to the coin, coin. And then also one other thing, uh, well, two things, but also I was thinking, you know, Saturn is going to come in and it's imagine it as if you're like pruning a plant or, you know, you're pruning, you're tending to the garden. Um, you prune off all the branches and then that allows it to grow more. So that's kind of like Pisces is like, ooh, it's just like overgrown forest, whereas Saturn's going to come in and go like, no, that that forest needs to be logged there so that the new trees can grow. And, like, it's it's all about coming through with intentional pruning of your life in order to make it better. Mm. Um, and then also I think there's going to be, very much like a, a more balanced energy when it comes to that inner feminine and inner masculine because Pisces is so flowy and intuitive as Pisces I'm I'm a Pisces rising so I am I get that and then having I need that Saturnian boundary with with myself like for routine and you know, if I don't have that, I'm I'll off on a whim. I'm like, take me with you. Where are we going? You know, like I need that. So I'm actually excited for Saturn in Pisces to come through and really balance that out for me and, and 
bring that more masculine energy into my life and I'm sure a lot of people are like me as well so you know I see a lot of clients that are way more in the masculine but for me personally I'm way more in my feminine so I actually think this Saturn in Pisces will create some form of boundary for our energetic fields to feel safe to like create within within that Mm. boundary yeah it gives us a safe a sense of safety Yeah, yeah, because then you think about as well, like Saturn, which rules Capricorn, Capricorn and Cancer, they're on the polarity of safety and security. So I think we have to remember that even though Saturn can feel really punishing, like to be quite honest, it can really feel that way. It is always for the greater good of you and and all, right? Like it doesn't ever actually have ill intentions. It's not, it's someone who literally or something that wants the best for you, but it's not afraid to to give it to you straight. It's not afraid to give you a little bit of tough love. Um, I always say like Saturn is very much like principal, like your school principal energy. It's like the school principal wants the school to like flourish and grow and all the children to be, you know, incredibly happy. But if you're in deep shit, who are you going to see? You're going to see the principal, right? Yeah. And I I always say with Saturn, I mean, you just said it was punishing. Saturn can be punishing and it can feel punishing. Yeah. It can feel punishing. I would argue that like Saturn is only punishing for people who are not being truly honest with themselves. 100%. Yeah. So if you're living your authentic truth, if you're being honest about your life to yourself, doesn't matter about anyone else. If you need to be honest with yourself, if you're in a relationship that isn't serving you and it's not going to be, you know, your next iteration, Saturn will come and show you that. It'll give you evidence of that so that you can no longer lie to yourself. Same thing goes with career. If you're like, if you're not on the right career path, then something will come up. You know, it's going to affect everyone differently depending on where it's impacting them on their house. Um, you know, especially I'm talking to you because, you know, it's starting to return. So it's like, where do you want to live? Fourth house. Like, are you going to be moving? Like, you need to decide what's the future look like. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like this year we really want to buy a house, right? And I'm feeling a lot of pressure around it. Like I'm feeling like, fuck, like, am I really going to be able to find, afford and live in a house where I really, that I really love and where I really want to be. And that actually helps me feel more creative and artistic and expansive and at ease. And I feel magnetic and electric in this space. Like that's something that's incredibly important to me because Saturn and Pisces like I need that space to feel really good um but I am feeling that pressure of like you've got to figure out like is here really where you want to live is this really where you want to put roots down if you do put roots down like what do those roots really look like like you know there's a lot of stuff around like home and family I mean I'm even like thinking about starting to read like parenting books, even though I'm not even engaged or anything like that, because I'm like, what does the future look like? Like, where do I, what's the kind of structures do I want to have in place in my life long-term? You know, I'm entering into things. Another thing we also forget with Saturn returns is it's, it is an end of an era, which is what we usually concentrate on, but it's actually the beginning of a whole new one. 
right? <laughs> like I think sometimes we forget that. And so when I'm thinking about from 30 to 60, like that's going to be me being a parent and me being a business owner, a company owner, you know, like that's calling me to a whole different set of lessons and boundaries and structures that I've had in my had in my life up until now. And so a part of me thinks I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy. But my intuition is like, it doesn't mean anything. You can just read up on it. Like you can just be interested in it, you know? Um, and so I think it's also just about following not just your intuition, but where you're being guided as well. Mm-hmm. And just staying really present so you can actually pick up on these universal signs. Cause I feel like the lessons will be coming through even more universally than ever before with, with Saturn moving into Pisces. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting also that you, um, you said something about parenting books and then you immediately caveated with like, but I'm not even engaged yet. Like that yeah. has to be timeline, yeah. you know, and like with like Saturn wanting that time frame of like the linear progression of what everybody is supposed to do. And then Pisces just like, whoa, just that Pisces. Yeah, it doesn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> well, it just shows you that you don't actually have control sometimes of like a lot of that stuff that goes on. It's it you know, we have to give in to divine timing, which Mm. is Pisces. That's the lesson. And that's the lesson, right? Yeah, you're totally right. And it's funny, like even Dan and I were talking about it the other day because like I'm at this point now where I like literally see babies and I start crying. Like I'm like, what the, and I'm not like, I'm not maternal. Like cancer rules my eighth house. Like it's not something that I've always like been really like into, you know, like I've never been the type of person who's like, let me hold your baby. Like I would, oh my god, we are like the opposites. I am a cancer. Yeah. I've been obsessed. I'm always obsessed with babies. I'm like, give yeah. me them to hold immediately. I'm yeah, I'm the opposite. I I'm not that I just was like indifferent. I was like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like I was never like whatever about it. And then yeah, probably over the last year, it's just been and more recently over the last couple of months, I'm literally looking at babies and like literally tearing up like I'm like can't handle it like I have to walk outside because it'd be awkward because I'm crying at this random person's baby like it's very very odd and I was actually saying that to Dan and he was like you know I know we have our timeline and things like that but like it seems like you're really like emotional about this stuff like maybe you care about it more than you're giving yourself credit for and like do you want to change any timelines or anything like do you want to have a conversation about it and yeah, it's just funny how like the structures sometimes in the timelines, it's something that I'm definitely working through a lot recently is just letting go of these timelines and really just allowing myself to trust that my success is inevitable, mm-hmm. that it's 100% happening. Mm-hmm. And if that was to be true, what comes up? It's like, oh my God, like, no, there what comes up is Pisces energy, full trust, flow, just doing your thing. Like, you know, no need to cling to anything. It's just flowing. And, you know, sometimes that can be highs and lows, but I think it's just really interesting how that's been happening for me. And I'm just totally seeing it already, but I guess for the collective as well, it's something that's going to be theming the way that we look at things. And I think actually that's a good thing to mention too, like marriage, um, like structural things like that, like um, family, like the nuclear family, you know, all those sorts of things I think are going to be 
really shifted and and we're going to be called into really making our own decisions and also trusting divine timing for what's right for us. Yeah, for sure. I think like soul commitments are going to be a lot more um, prevalent, Um, different forms of commitment, um, not necessarily marriage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the whole thing is going to look different, I think. Um, Also just wanted to say for you and feeling this I don't know whether it's an internal pressure or just like a desire or whatever's coming up around motherhood. I think like given where you're at, like you're what, 29? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, when it comes to collective consciousness, I feel like it's a big thing for women, like feeling that, like it's sometimes, sometimes it may come from within us a lot of the time. If you're in, you know, a partnership and you see that, being the person that you want to be with and you want to have a baby or whatnot. But even if you aren't in a partnership and you're Jazz's age, you may still be feeling those feelings so much because it's just like the collective energy around you could be like lots of people around you are doing that life milestone, whether it's having babies or maybe it's getting married or maybe it's buying a house or maybe it's doing something really amazing in their career but specifically around motherhood and babies when you're in your late 20s like your biological clock is a real thing it does kick in yeah Um, you know I and I also say that because I'm like in my late 30s so like I get I understand that feeling is so strong back then like you kind of also move beyond it too Mm. um beyond the pressure feeling from people outside of you so it's like a really fascinating, yeah, just it's lovely to watch your evolution. Yeah, I mean, thank I'm you so much. for a few years now. <laughs> thank you so much, so much for saying that. Like it actually makes me feel a little bit emotional because it's something that, you know, 2023, and I'll share this because I know that this is going to help somebody too, but like 2023 for me, like I have so many fucking big plans and I want to do so many things and it's become abundantly clear to me that um being a mom like I know there's a part of me that's like I'm not going to just be like a regular mom like I know that the way that I'm mom is going to be really different Mm -hmm. um but stepping into that that um mother phase of my life what pressure actually comes with that is this idea of like I have to get everything done before I have a kid because once I have a kid then my whole life will be dedicated to that kid regardless of whether I want that or not Mm -hmm. right and so for me it's been about reminding myself that you're never going to be the archetype of mother like of what someone sees and what we currently think about what a mother is. And so you're like, you don't really need to worry about all those things. And I've even done like womb journeys and um, I've had like my ancestors and my guides come through and be like, like, you're right. You're not doing this like everybody else. And you need to stop worrying about it all because it's actually going to enrich your life and it's going to be, like you're going to like probably pop off once you're a mom. So it's like all good and just like fucking do it and shut up. Like they're very like, oh my God, you're being so annoying. Like stop trying to like, (laughs) like make it all perfect or whatever. And so I think just for anybody who is feeling like this, um, 
during like their Saturn Pisces return, I just want to remind you that like you, we have to like let go of the, of the timeline. It's the one thing we just cannot control. Like I lit, like you cannot control time. So to just sort of like sit back and, and connect with yourself and your spirit and see where it leads you. Like that feels scary, sure, but also really exciting. And um, yeah, I just say, yeah, I just want to say thank you for for saying that because it's like everything I needed to hear right now because it's definitely one of those things I'm like in this process of just like releasing the timelines and trying not to be not so about it, you know? hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And, and also, you know, just on the point of you feeling like, you need to be at a certain point before you become a mother. Um, and what does that mean for your career? It's like, what if being a mother is the making of you? Like, mm. what if being a mother be- makes you more of you? Like, you mm. become more of yourself, a better version. Mm. Like, oh, I totally feel that. Like, even when I look at, it's funny because even when I look at like women who inspire me and expand me, they're all mums who have like incredible careers and and just are so dedicated to self at the same time. And they're, I'm sure they're not obviously not perfect, but whether I know them just online or I know them intimately, um, it's what I'm sort of like the archetype I'm sort of drawn towards, which I know is never a coincidence you know like there are no coincidences so I think yeah asking asking myself and I and I implore everybody to ask themselves like what if the opposite of what you're feeling like what if you're in your success was 100% inevitable rather than what if I fail you know like I think asking yourself the opposite is very much the Saturn Pisces energy like we said it's those two opposing forces um, I want to move into Q. I'll go, go for it. I was just last going to say on that point of like, um, societal pressure around maybe babies for women as well. Um, just when we look at annual perfections around 28, it's like a fifth house year mm-hmm. around the time when you're 28, you're going through a fifth house year. So that is all about children and fertility and creativity and lots of other things. But I think that's the beginning. You know, some people are going through this at return then. Some people are heading into it. But there, there is that sense of, like, children, fertility, creation that's, like, closing in on you around when you're 28. Yeah. Oh, my God, it makes a lot of sense as well because, yeah, my Saturn's in my fourth, so it's all that's going to hit into my fifth, so... It definitely feels like it's something that's for me for sure in that phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not to say that if you don't have Saturn going through your fifth, that motherhood isn't for you. But it's just, um, yeah, I think it's just interesting to think about creativity. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just look at people and I'm like, how can you not be super creative when you're like creating life? Like, or just after you've created life, you know, I just feel like those two things have got to be intertwined. Um, let's talk about Q2. Mm -hmm. Um, as we said, you know, March, you know, really things are starting to pop off. We have these big moments and then I feel like once a month we have something kind of a little special to, to dip into when it comes to Q2. So I'm going to just do like 
an overview firstly of like what's happening in each of those months. So Aries, uh, in April we have Aries and we have a solar eclipse. Then in May we have um, Jupiter entering Taurus, which I'm actually really pumped about, to be honest. That's going to be fucking nice and chill and lovely. Um, and then we have Pluto going back into Capricorn. So as Catherine was saying earlier, this idea of like we get a little preview, a three-month preview, that's basically, you know, when it's going to move back into Capricorn. Um, I'm not going to say things are going to settle down necessarily, but um, we'll be tying up those loose ends for sure. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about um, the Aries solar eclipse first. I was excited to talk. Like I picked this one out that I really wanted to talk about with you because moon news and solar eclipses are obviously got to do with the moon. So. I'd love to, I'm actually not going to comment on this one. I'm just going to receive the information with everybody else, but I would just love to know your feelings around solar eclipse. Alrighty. So we're talking just to be clear about the new moon eclipse in Aries. Correct. 20th of April. Yeah. Okay. So, well, Eclipses are fascinating because they're like wormholes or portals that transport us into an elevated version of ourselves, you know, and really quickly, kind of like your Saturn return, they're like mini Saturn returns. They're just going to whip you where you need to be um, and kind of more like a Uranian energy rather than like a Saturn um, energy, which kind of like creeps up on you. Um, So, I guess we're talking about this because that's when the nodes are shifting into out of Scorpio and Taurus where they've been for the past 18 months or we're in it currently. Um, The nodes of the moon are points in the sky and they are all about collective karma and collective dharma, like what we're moving toward and what we're letting go. So we've moved through and are moving through the end of this Taurus and Scorpio axis, which was the activated topics as a whole were way more about resources and money and goods and foods and society and the food chain, like at a very macro level. Um, Again, totally depends on where it's falling in your chart and what houses are being activated for you. So look to that. But with the nodes changing into Aries and Libra for the it's, it's a whole new energy, right? Because this is all about like relationship dynamics and the, um, it's, it's, it's faster. Taurus and Scorpio axis is slower and deeper in a way. Like Aries and Libra axis is a bit more expressive and like there's movement and it's quick. It's like a quick response. And also the nodes then are going to be ruled by Mars and Venus. So there's this interpersonal play that's happening. And um, so with this particular solar eclipse, it's happening at 29 degrees of Aries. So the last degree, very potent. Um, And it's a north node eclipse. They're either happening on the north node or the south node, which makes them all within 18 degrees of that. So it makes it an eclipse. So what I will say, rather than speaking specifically about that one, I think it's more important to understand the concept of eclipses, which is why I've just given that little rundown. But also what you want to look at is to see whether you have any planets around 29 degrees of Aries. 
So even if you have planets right at the beginning of Taurus, that's going to be, you're feeling that. You're going to feel that energy kind of, it's like a lightning bolt and it pulls you where you need to be because this one is a North Node eclipse and North Node is all about, um, it's an increasing energy. It's like ambitious energy. It's pulling you up by the bootstraps. It's like insatiability. It's 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 not. So I feel like that Aries North Node eclipse is going to pull us into our own ambition and like give us a boot up the bum if we're not moving on our purpose, whatever that looks like for us. But definitely um, I think the 18 months with the Aries and Libra nodal eclipses coming through people who have personal planets in Taurus and Scorpio can breathe again a little and now it's Aries and Libra time (laughs) yeah I mean I'm excited about it about the shift with the nodes and obviously the eclipse like really igniting that because I mean it was all hanging around my um rising and my DC And to tell you that I had like my word for 2022 was reinvention, right? Which, and little did I know that a couple months into um, 2022, I would find out that it's actually Scorpio rising. So it's just funny how things like this happen. But for me, they've been hanging out around those like really, you know, you know, part of our, part of my Cardinal cross. And so who I am in my relationship as much as like, full transparency this has been one of the hardest years in my relationship like it's been really we've had to show up and go to work with each other this year which has been really beautiful and and great but that and my identity have been really connect like obviously uh, have been really at odds and sort of pulling and there's been parts of myself that I've had to really let go of and I've really had to find a way to slow down and value my relationship and you know I'm only working two days a week now the reason I did that is because I want to create space for family and my relationship and a marriage that I want to have and all these sorts of things right which is obviously very Torian so I think it's really interesting or I'm really excited (laughs) for it to kind of just shift out and I've got a little bit more of like I don't know just a little more space to breathe but I do agree with you in the sense that with it, with the nodes moving into Aries Libra, it does feel a little bit more lighter, especially with those two energies. Like if you think Libra energy, it's very much that like um, it kind of flutters, you know, it likes to kind of flutter around a little bit, it, it, you know, it still wants fairness and, and equality and all those liberant things, but it's a bit more communicative. It's a bit more fun and vibey. And then Aries just like doesn't give a fuck. It just like runs into the fire. And that's what I mean is it's kind of quick on its feet um, in comparison yeah. to the other two. And I think a big theme for this Aries Libra axis is very much going to be who are you and who are you in relation to other people because Aries is very much about the individual and Libra is about the partnership, the relationship dynamic, even friendships. It's just like one-on-one partnership. 
Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, codependency will be highlighted with this axis being activated and where we are um, abandoning ourselves in for the sake of the relationship. So really trying to move through um, forming balance between those two polarities. Mm. And what about Jupiter moving into Taurus? Oh, my God, I'm so pumped about that. <laughs> It's going to be so nice. I know. It's going to be so lovely. I think, I don't know, the way I see this is just like bound, like bountiful creativity, um, prioritizing like uh, your val, like what you actually like to do. And like, I think as well with like the shift in with the Aries as well, it's like, what actually brings you peace, what actually brings you tranquility, what actually makes you feel stable, what actually, you, like I said, you value, um, what actually inspires you. I think these, with Jupiter there, like I think magnetism, right, quote-unquote, is very much like a theme of that. Um, even though I'm someone who's sort of moving away from the word magnetism, this really sort of like sitting back, relaxing and enjoying the fucking show yeah. is coming online for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I agree. I think so. It's interesting with Jupiter and Saturn because they're closer planets, we feel them more and they're moving quickly. So, I mean, in relation to the outer planets like Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, Jupiter and Saturn we sense coming. So right now Jupiter is in Aries until May. So that energy is very much more fast pace. Um, you know, impatient, has a Mars energy to it. Um, there could be, a, you know, it's go, go, go. It's doing um, uplifting, active, create, you know, it's go, it's go energy. And it's also about taking initiation and also responding to other people's like leadership as well as your own. Mm -hmm. um, but just being watching out for like dramatics in the ether while Jupiter is in Aries. Now, when Jupiter moves into Taurus, this is much more, which is late May, this is much more of a like a slower measured energy and I think the theme for that is embodiment because Taurus is all about the physical senses and this Jupiter you know any transit people have with Jupiter you know depending on where it's hitting which whatever house it's hitting Jupiter um, expands and it grows so you want to be looking to see where Taurus is lit up in your chart um, because that's where you want to be embracing the opportunities that Jupiter is going to bring to you. So you're gaining wisdom in that area. You're learning to say yes to things in that area when Jupiter moves into Taurus, and that will be for a year, so May to May next year. So it's like a nice, it's going to be there for a while, and we're going to really feel it. Um, so, yes, it will bring opportunities, new understanding, wisdom, abundance, and luck, and all of those things, but what it does, it really it expands everything it touches. So it's, it can feel a little um, stretchy when we're being shown something like a, like uh, if something's irritating us, Jupiter's going to come along and make it more irritating. And the reason it's going to do that is because it wants us to face it and figure it out, you know? Um, so it's 
fab, but it's also like makes you look. <laughs> so I also feel like we're going to really um, connect more deeply to our bodies. There's a more um, collaborative and connective energy to Jupiter and Taurus rather than Jupiter and Aries, which is more about me. Jupiter and Taurus is more about, you know, how we can all work together. And I think there's going to be much more of a focus on like quality and nourishment and really like, like you said, like slowing down, um, tapping into your body and really diving into like the richness of life and experiencing it on like such a physical level, you know, slow living and like eating beautiful food and um, really taking the long route route you know yeah, take, the scenic route scenic route yeah I was yeah. like what is that saying um taking the scenic route is Jupiter and Taurus yeah I I agree and that's um you know the way I like to always describe Jupiter is like it is like a magnifying glass right it kind of like is like this magnifying glass it's just gonna like move around your chart for your whole life and so magnifying glasses mean that you can see things more clearly which means you can enjoy them more deeply and you know all these sorts of things but if it's something that's a little bit painful you know that's also going to be magnified as well um I remember like my Jupiter return was like the most horrific time in my fucking life like it was out of control like (laughs) it was so intense um and so it's that's something I'm always reminded of right and I think as well my other little piece too is like with Jupiter moving into Taurus, I think wherever Sag is as well in your chart, just like see if you have like if anything's like aspected or like what's going on there because I feel like that's going to give you just a little helping hand if shit does get a bit wild and a bit, um, you know, comes a little cl- too close. Um, having a look at your Sag energy and really just tapping into like that joy and that freedom and the fun um, and the abundance of Sagittarius energy is going to be really great. Um, So something, for example, for me, um, Taurus is basically my whole sixth house, um, which means I so find that when you're saying quality and nourishment, um, you know, my connection to my health, um, stress, like lowering my stress levels, really making sure that everything I do is purposeful and actually aligned and what I want to do and all those sorts of things. But knowing that Jupiter rules Sag, Sag rules my first house. So I'm going to have to remember who the fuck I am in order to really claim, like I said, like the bountiful loveliness that that transit could really entail so I just wanted to give that as an example to anybody just you know it's going to be there for a year so it's worth sort of like investigating and knowing that Jupiter is a planet of expansion and I'm pretty sure everybody here wants to expand and wants to you know experience joy and um, abundance so if that's you I would just I would look into this transit for sure and ask yourself you know what can you do to not necessarily prepare but what do you need to kind of like burn through with Aries, with Jupiter being in Aries so that you can really kind of like vibe the fuck out afterwards? Like I feel like Taurus is going to be like the afterglow effect of what's happening in 
Aries, you know, if you think Aries by Mars, like I think about it as like orgasmic, which can be, you know, great and intense, but you're going to like, really it's, it's the chill afterwards that makes it so good. So that would be my little piece as well to sort of like add in there. And the only other thing that I obviously want to touch on was just Pluto going back into Capricorn, but I feel like we touched on that as well in the beginning. We don't need to go over that again. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Um, about 2023? Yeah, or just even just about the first half of 2023. Parting um, words of wisdom. <laughs> well, I just think like people don't need to be too hard on themselves and we need to forget the idea of a Gregorian calendar. I mean, I love... Um, the, I love a new year in the sense of I do think it's important to kind of feel out the energy that you want to bring in for the year ahead. But when we, you know, I always I layer it. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to lose out on all of this like positive collective energy in the field. Like, of course, I'm going to tap into that when I'm setting my intentions for the year or just even thinking about it. But then I layer that on top with like the astrological calendar and the astrological year and the energies and the themes that are coming through. So if you feel like you haven't yet kicked off the year and we're mid-Jan, like do not worry because Mercury still retrograde. We came into the new year with Mars and Mercury retrograde. So it is slow from the get-go. Um, Mars is now direct, but it's not until, you know, like we said, March that where things change and we can... I think most people will feel like they're getting going by February, but January is slow. So like give yourself that, like don't feel like you're not where you need to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree. And I think if there's anything like final little words of wisdom that I would add today is just, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. We've got some big stuff in Q1 some exciting little bits and pieces happening in Q2. I would invite everybody to ride the wave and to, I think it's that spiritual grounding. Like I really feel like if I could like give you a tool to kind of get through all of this, nothing we didn't really touch on, but Mars, Pluto and Uranus are all going direct in Q1. Um, so, like I said, it, I just want people to be grounded during this. And I think your connection to self is really going to be your greatest tool. Like, what's your practice with your intuition? What's your practice with, like, do you self-coach? Do you journal? Do you walk? Do you meditate? I don't know, whatever it is. But I think finding ways to really connect to your senses and your body and your soul and your spirit and come back to self is going to be incredibly, incredibly important, especially with that shift with the, um, with the nodes as well. Like it's the polarity of relationships. So Q1, I'd say really go within and just really get that connection to self feeling really good so that you can just like vibe the fuck out in Q2 and just, see what drops in your lap and what comes your way. So I love it. But thank you so much for doing this with me today. I'm so grateful. Um, Thank you for having me. And uh, can you just let everybody know where they can find you and 
how we can connect with you? Yes, you can find me at TikTok's my main platform, but IG or TikTok Moon Muse, um, moonmuse.com.au. And I have a daily astrology podcast. He does. Which is day to Friday, just about a minute long yeah. of a daily snippet, what to look forward to. I love it. Yeah. So if you're someone who really wants that like daily bite, that daily connection with astrology, I listen to it. I usually listen to it in the mornings when I get up and I'm making my cup of tea. Um, it's just a really great practice, like a great, great little way to ground as well. So anyway, go subscribe to all the things. Pardon? I was like, did I say the name? It's called It's a Sign. Oh yeah. It's a sign. Um, (laughs) yeah, go, um, go subscribe, go follow, go get a reading with Kat. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here and, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been an Thank absolute you for pleasure. Me. I'm excited to watch your next iteration and see what happens on the other side of Saturn return. No, let's fucking go, right? Well, you guys will all be coming on the journey with me anyway, but um, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. You can share this, um, all the things. And as always, I'm your host, Jazz Bori. This is the Abracadabra podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.